Doing it live on a Wednesday, Bo Bishop, Johnny Ginter. This is the Dubcast. One week from yesterday, spring football commences. Our uh, our venerable coach, Urban Meyer, will meet with the throng of media there, and he will uh, speak about what needs to be accomplished. And there will be a great many things that need to be accomplished. But a week before we start, we got a little bit of a headline uh, in a in the in the bottom yeah. end of a of a Jerry Emig, who's the great sports information director at. Uh, Ohio State, who handles football. In the bottom end of a release, he informed us that Greg Schiano would be the sole <laughs> defensive coordinator at Ohio State this year. That's big on several levels. Uh, first of all, first of all, Urban's never had a sole defensive coordinator at Ohio State. His, his feeling on coordinators has been, I'm um, paraphrasing, but kind of the old pair and a spare, right? So I have, you know, mm-hmm. in that Cooper who had that pair and a spare, that's, that's the same right. thinking with with urban with coordinators. So I need a coordinator and then a co. So if the coordinator leaves, the co can become the coordinator, and I'll get another co. Um, but he's not doing that this time. So that's why it's a little different. It makes a ton of sense because Greg Schiano is absurdly overqualified for the job. I mean, he's the the, the man should be a head coach somewhere now. Um, he's going to get two years. Uh, both Urban and Greg, when he was hired, neither one would say emphatically, yes, he will be here two years. I don't know if they both thought he would be here two years or if he'd just be here one, but he's going to be here at least two, but he will be the sole defensive coordinator. Um, As I mentioned, he's absurdly overqualified for it. He will do fantastic at it, and I would bet um, a sizable portion of my children's dowry that he will not be here for a third season. (laughs) I'm glad you've been. I'm glad you've been saving up for that. Uh, that dowry that we have to put together. You got to um, get it together, buddy. <laughs> That's not guaranteed. I mean, you know, you, your kids are never going to find a suitable uh, mate in the late 1800s. Uh, a dowry that you can guarantee to their uh, to their family. That's good. Uh, by the way, I I really like that you uh, made reference to Jerry completely bearing the lead on that story. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in I the email Jerry. that he sent. Yeah. So for people who don't have any, who who don't get those emails and aren't on Slack and aren't privy to uh, the media back and forth, this is the type of release that would be a release unto itself, typically. So when Ohio State sends out a release, there there will be a release on on matters that are big enough. It's the whole release, right? Then they will also put out like notes and and here's some dates to keep in mind and those type of things and several lines of notes. Uh, Jerry, who's the sports information director at Ohio State, put put a Greg Schiano is the sole defensive coordinator in about the sixth line, right? I mean, the sixth <laughs> item, it's down the page, right? It's a little bit down the page. Yeah. He puts Greg Schiano as the sole defensive coordinator down the page as opposed to having its own release, which the news certainly warrants. All right, so as you, you can clearly tell, uh, both sounds different. And, and so... Let me just tell you, those of you who are single out there and uh, you know don't have children yet, let me, let me explain to you what you get with children. You get these wonderful <laughs> little human beings who look sort of like you and are precocious and fun. And uh, if if you're like me and you have boys, uh, you 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 can basically relive your childhood. What you also get is jackals that are <laughs> virtually untrainable at a certain age. And so uh, we're we are in the middle of the dubcast, and, and things aren't right. I can tell. Uh, the audio is not right. Uh, things are not right on my end. And uh, as is now plainly clear, you lose my audio. And as I disappear, and I hear Johnny saying, Bo, uh, you, you know, wh- wh- where are you? You there? I can't hear you. 
And I'm going, yeah, I, I can tell, but you obviously can't hear me. And I looked down at the USB port on the microphone that I used to record this, and my children have bent the living hell out of it. They've just, they have destroyed it. Uh, not only that, they destroyed the headset. Uh, the only radio headset that I've ever that I ever used in, in all the years of radio, and so I'm going to have to replace both of those tonight via Amazon. Luckily, I'll have thanks to Jeff Bezos, I'll have one in two days. But um, but this is this is what parenting is. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you, if you don't have the children, and you have a bunch of kids every day, uh, none as young as five. No. Um, but th- this is parenting. Uh, so you get to you know go play GI Joes again for twenty for the first time in twenty five years. But you also get wrecked property on <laughs> on the reg, if you will, Johnny. I was kind of yeah. I was a little worried. I was like, are are they like chewing through your wires? Like, do you have to worry about them maybe like electrocuting themselves, or are they you know like no, are they no. physically so like the tearing the electronics apart? Or so I have like an old school like uh, it's kind of cool looking like uh, microphone that looks like it's like an old school radio microphone, right? Yeah, like yeah. professional looking type setup. Sure. And I remember this from about a week ago. My oldest son just ranked, ra- just re- reaming on it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. for reasons beyond any explanation. I kind of, I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? I didn't know it. That's the thing right now. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And I, I'm like, ah, <laughs> The rules so- were not explicitly listed next to this, though I couldn't just be a destructive right. maniac. You right. clearly made the mistake yeah. and not telling me. Yeah, it's not my fault. And I'm sure that doesn't change when they're 17. No, so. no, no. <laughs> if anything, because when they're a kid, it's like, well, at least they're stupid. But when they're like 17, you're like, when you point out to them that they shouldn't destroy things, they get indignant about it. They're like, oh, excuse me, excuse yeah. me, excuse me. We didn't have a negotiation about this, all right? I should be allowed to destroy your things. And you shouldn't complain about it. And then you tear all your hair out and you go gray and, you know, you lose your mind. But you just got to you kind of accept that nothing lasts and uh, everything's eventually going to get destroyed when it's around, you know, children. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's it. That's kind of the moral of the story. Everything's going to get destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what the hell are we talking about? Shiano, right? Yeah, we're talking about oh, Shiano and, and how uh, maybe not as cool as we thought. Or at least yeah. not as cool as we thought in Urban's eyes anyway. Right. Right. So this is the theory. This is my theory on this. Urban Meyer wants the already has the next defensive coordinator on his staff. He right. just can't give him that job right now, and that's Bill Davis. So right. what I think right. is the reason that he didn't make Bill the co-defensive coordinator is because publicly he said that Kerry would have a bigger role, which yes. led everybody to believe that Kerry, and probably including Kerry, who by the way could have gone to Cincinnati as the defense coordinator for Luke Fickle. State at Ohio State, probably got a little bump, but probably thought he was going to get a bigger, little bigger title, too. Yeah. At the same time, when Shiano leaves, Urban doesn't want Kerry to be his defensive coordinator. He probably wants Bill Davis to be his defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, so I would now, hope so. Yeah. So now, Shiano can leave, Davis can be elevated to defensive coordinator, and if they bring in somebody to replace Shiano, uh, he can be the co-coordinator. So they can keep, in, in short, Urban does not view Kerry Combs as a coordinator. And right. he said it publicly, so he can't undo it. And it would look unseemly if he elevated a guy who hadn't been on the staff to co-coordinator 
after having said that Kerry would have an expanded role, that is my theory on why we have one defensive coordinator. It does, that doesn't mean anything down the stretch, down the road. It's not going to change the way the defense is being called. Kerry being a defensive coordinator or not is going to change the way the defense is being called. It's Greg Shiano's defense. But that's why I think that played out the way it did. Do you think, I mean, do you think Kerry Combs cares about that? Is that something do you think would cause friction yeah, between them? Or do you did. think he... I, yeah, nah. I don't know about friction. Um, I think there are certain people on that staff that are treated, and this is natural in any part of life, but I mean, sure. there are people on the staff that are just treated differently. Right. And I just think that Kerry Combs' importance, he's a, obviously a great recruiter, and I mean, we see what he does. I think Urban likes him a lot. But I don't think he doesn't view him as a Greg Schiano type. Like, yeah. Yeah, like when it comes time for that, he's a rah-rah, but when it comes time to X's and O's and how are we going to beat, you know, Baker Mayfield in week two, then I think <laughs> Greg Schiano is who they're going to rely upon. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows that. But but I, I think that the, the theory that I laid out, I think there's a pretty good chance that's the reason we have a sole defensive coordinator at Ohio State as opposed to a co, because it would look – a little unseemly to to have Bill come in, Urban's best man at his wedding, and elevate him to co-coordinator after he publicly said. Now, if he doesn't come out, you know, after Luke leaves and say that Kerry's going to have an expanded role and kind of insinuate that Kerry's going to be the co-coordinator, if he doesn't do that, he can bring on Bill and make him a co-coordinator. But because he said that about Kerry, I feel like he, that's why he couldn't elevate Bill the way he wanted to right away. So I agree with that, but the second thing I would ask then is, do you think that that was necessary to keep Kerry in Columbus instead of going down to Cincinnati, maybe? Because, I, I mean, be honestly, like, that, was, there that was the assumption. I thought he was going to go back to Cincinnati. Like, I truly thought that once yeah, Mickle goes sure. down there, that was a lock. And I was frankly surprised that he ended up staying up here. Yeah, I think, that there, I think he got a sweetener to stay, no doubt. Um, this is just, you know, reading tea leaves. I think you got a sweetener to stay. He'll probably get a bump in pay. Um, but at the same time, Urban wasn't going to go so far as to make him defensive coordinator. And it, it also saves him the problem a year from now of having elevating Bill to above carry, even if they share the title towards right. Bill Davis's defense. My right. guess is next year at this time, you and I are talking, it's Bill Davis's defense and Greg Shiano is the head coach at fill in the blank state. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably what well, he, I mean, hell, Shiano could be back in the NFL next year. NFL people, I know it didn't go well in Tampa, but a lot of people really liked him a lot. Um, and, and he could get back to the NFL. There were a lot of owners who were enamored with Shiano as an NFL head coach and just feel like the situation was wrong in Tampa. I could see Shiano going back there, frankly. Um, but the more likely option is he's the coach at big state U and, um, and Bill Davis is the defensive coordinator. And at that point, I wouldn't be surprised if they elevated Kerry to co, um, knowing that Bill was the guy calling the defense. Right, with the assumption that you know Kerry was going to be happy with that, you know, kind of bump and right. prestige, I guess. Which I don't. I mean, yeah. this is something we've talked about a little bit, and this is something that I think about. You know, I, I truly believe that you're going to need some guys on your staff to establish continuity between, uh, you know, people who are coming in and out, and and I would hope that Kerry could be one of those guys who is going to be with the staff for a relatively long period of time, just so that, you know, guys who maybe are attracted to Ohio state because of, you know, what Kerry brings to the table, at least in terms of recruiting 
maybe you hold on to some more recruits that way and, and keep establishing those classes. I, I just think he's, again, I don't think he's an X and O guys. I don't like, I agree with you. I don't think he's beat, beaten Baker Mayfield uh, at Oklahoma, but I do think that um, he's the kind of guy that helps establish all of that through recruiting. And I don't want to lose that. Like, I think that's a really essential part of how urban Meyer is building his teams now. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope the dude stays like for as long as they can keep him because the players clearly will. Really love the dude. Yeah, I think he will. The other part that's an enormous part is he's one of the few guys who really knows Ohio front and back. Right. I mean, right. he's been in the state forever. So, I mean, he really still knows Ohio. Um, and Luke was a guy who'd handled that for so many years. Like, he was a guy who knew the high school coaches all over Ohio. Um, so, you know, you start to build relationships, Kerry, you know, is, is instrumental. I would think he would be there now, you know, till retirement at this point, until they – you know, putting him out to pasture the way he did with Hinton and stuff, you know, and, and having him be, do something and, you know, administrate it. But um, I, I would say he's a, he's now there. You know, you you got past the one job that he was going to – he would potentially leave for, which would be to return to Cincinnati as, you know, Luke's defensive coordinator. I think when he first got here and that job was first open, they gave it to Coverville, Kerry thought he had a shot to be the head guy. And right. they probably would have been better off. Um, and, but now I think with, you know, with his age and stuff, you know, it just wasn't something that Cincinnati, they're not going to go back to that well. And they certainly wouldn't, if Luke does fall on his face, they're not going to replace him with another urban assistant. They go in another way. So like his, the one job that he could have gotten is now come and gone. And by the time it's open again, he's available, his age isn't going to add up. So that was his kind of his one shot at it. And it's, and now that, that opportunity is lost. Yeah, so now it's it's just more about prestige and and what he can get probably at a yeah. high school then, which is and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean that's I think that's great. Like for him, I mean, I think that works out well. You hit on a huge point. You hit on a huge point. Like there has to be some continuity, and if right. you look around, um, you know Zach Smith's gonna have big big pressure this year. I think to ha- get receivers that deliver. I mean he his his position group's got to deliver. We all know he's Earl's grandson. He's not gonna get fired, um, but but he, he can't have another year like he had last year. Um, right. He needs to develop some guys. So, I mean, there's going to be some pressure on him, but for the most part, he's a lifer. He's not going anywhere. Um, the other guy I think now, oddly enough, who's a lifer is Larry Johnson. I mean, he's going to stay at Ohio State until he retires. He's not moving again. You know, he was a Penn State lifer, but I think he's at Ohio State until he retires, and obviously Kerry um, is kind of the other one. And I think for the most part, the rest of the guys, you know, will will come and go and and, and – and bounce around. But I think those three guys could be the guys that, that stick. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Combs and Johnson, I think they're two, you know, that's a pretty solid core. If you want to be able to yeah. sell recruits, especially position type recruits, you know, guys who really are just going to focus on, you know, their, their position coach. I think that's a pretty good duo to sell kids on Ohio state because I mean, they're, they're really personable. Kids love them. I think that's awesome. So yeah, yeah I agree yeah, in the future and, they'll help out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, which brings us to our next uh, topic here, and um, and that is the spring practice starts next week. And, you know, obviously the receiver position, which was one you astutely pointed out at the beginning of this year, that would hold them back. And I assumed that they would be able to plug and play, and they couldn't. Uh, receiver will be the most watched position at Ohio State. I mean, it will be watched over with a magnifying glass. And right. playmakers will be sought out offensively. Um, so that I think we can all acknowledge is is the is the number one thing, um, and I say that acknowledging that again you're going to have to replace three out of four in the secondary, and I can't wait to see Jeff Akuda and Sean Wade and see these freshmen and see if they're ready to go 
Um, but at the same time, don't you think it's just, my goodness, can we get something going on the outside? I mean, that yeah. will be the focus offensively for 30 days. Yeah, it's got to be, you got to, you got to develop somebody at wide receiver. I mean, it, it it's got to be the focal point, I think, of, of the spring. And then honestly, like, you know, when, when the spring game comes around, I think that's all anybody's going to really care about. I mean, obviously the backup quarterback yeah. position is going to have a lot of, um, you know, talent there and a lot of people competing for that job. But uh, overall, like, I, I just want to see some people be able to catch the ball consistently. And I, like, yeah. I get excited for it every year. I want to see who's going to step up. I get enamored with guys who are, like, these big bodies, like, you know, I don't know, Taron Washington, all these other freaking dudes who didn't do anything. And it doesn't, like, I want to know how much it actually means because I really want to put stock into what I see in spring ball. I want to put stock in the reports that I'm hearing. I want to put stock in what I see in the spring game. And then it doesn't really come to fruition a lot of the time. And and granted, sometimes that's due to injury and some other things, but uh, you just, you want to see a guy who was good in spring ball, be able to translate that into the fall. And it's, it's, you don't see that a lot. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the, the reports from practice and all that stuff. But I, I just, I'm, I'm holding a lot back. I think on my excitement for some of these guys. Yeah. I think the, the, the big thing there is um, it will be the stuff that we don't see. And that's yeah. because we can't go to practice and watch. So you'll know Urban Meyer and his staff will know at the end of spring, if they have playmakers, you you cannot be now you can be deceived and we can be deceived as fans and members of the media by what happens in the spring game because there's right. spring game stars every year that light it up and you're like God I can't look, you see what he did in spring the spring game's a bunch of nonsense but what happens between next Tuesday and the spring game will be where the bricks are laid for a structure that hopefully next season is one that they can build upon in the passing game so I mean to me that. If you're urban, that's your number one priority is who's a playmaker. I I have got to find somebody who can stretch the field offensively. That will be Kevin Wilson's sole focus, I would think. Uh, You're right on the back of quarterback. There's a lot of glamour to that, but I think it's relatively irrelevant from the standpoint of I think they'd be in good hands with any of them. Like Burrow, Haskins, Martell, they'd be fine with any of them. Um, But but there's a lot of star power back there and a lot of ego. So that that will be that will be a fascinating you know position to watch as well. The most critical beyond receivers secondary, um, I think without question. Look, if they could pull this off, they lost three or four starters last year to the NFL. They lost three or four starters this year to the NFL. The guys they lost last year were not are were not drafted as high as the kids they're losing this year will be. They, they could have two of the top fifteen picks in the draft in Lattimore and Hooker. Uh, Connolly could be a late first, early second. They're going to have three guys taken in the first, I don't know, probably 60 picks, maybe first 45 picks in the NFL draft. If they can replace, and, and this is why I can't wait to see Akuda and Wade, and by the way, pay attention to what jersey number those two kids are issued. Right. Because if they're right. issued a single digit, if they're issued a single digit, Johnny, I'm telling you those coaches think they can play. If yep. John Wade or Jeff Akuda comes out in, like, 31 and 44, <laughs> no, they, they don't think they can play. If they come out in 1 and 7 or 1 and 13 or something like that, that means the coaches think they can play. Um, but they'll have an opportunity, and it's big that they're here because it, it's, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of room there to, for playmakers to develop and, and to, to make, make some hay right away. 
Yeah. Um, and so that's beyond receivers, the secondary is the second most fascinating, I think, to watch. Well, and they definitely brought in a lot of guys. It's it's not just the two you mentioned. I mean, you've got like, you know, you've sure. got a number of dudes who are coming in uh, who can make an impact or at least, you know, challenge for time. Like Pryor, obviously, even safety. Uh, Williamson, a lot of these other guys are just like, you know, you look at their highlights, you look at their tape, and you're like, these guys, if, if they're coached up properly, they could make an impact. They're probably not going to be starters or anything like that, but to add depth into the secondary is so huge, uh, especially when, I, you know, you're kind of living on the edge at times with, in yeah, terms yeah. of like overall player depth last year. So I just, you know, I think that it's going to be really cool to see those guys, guys develop. Uh, I think linebacker as well is going to be very interesting to see how they shuffle mm-hmm. people around. Uh, who they prioritize, what they prioritize in terms of, uh, you know, do they, they want bigger guys, run blocking guys, do they want guys who can kind of go back in coverage. Um, you also have a lot of options because of the incoming class there as well. So I just, you know, I'm excited to see just kind of how they decide to formulate their defense. And obviously Shiano did such an amazing job last year, but, you know, I guess I was really worried about attrition and everything, but frankly, like, they kind of proved last year that that's maybe not the biggest deal on defense. And, and maybe some of these guys are kind of waiting the wings a little bit. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I think they could be a little worse on defense the, uh, this coming year than they were last year, just because uh, sure. some of the guys are gonna have to catch up scheme wise, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they develop. It, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely will. You're talking about if they can pull this off, this is what Alabama does. Right? I mean, this is right. what Alabama does. You lose an entire position group two years in a row to the NFL, and then you replace them and you plug and play. That's Bama. So if you can pull it, that's Bama. And that means your program's where Bama is. If they can do this for a second year in a row and replace three out of four to the NFL. So that is an incredible, uh, incredibly tall task. Uh, the reason I mentioned Akut and Wade, obviously, you know, well, well represented, but both will be in spring football the whole time. So that's correct. Yes. I'm excited to see that, you know, where those, those guys are going to get their, they're going to get their shots. Um, and of course we'll have you covered on spring football, um, you know, all month better than anybody. Cause that's, that's, that's how the 11 dub rolls. Um, next thing I want to get to, uh, here, here on the cast is I do it via cell phone because my children are jackals. Um, <laughs> Are we silly to say that Thad Mata is could save this thing? Like I have put <laughs> this team to de- bed dead six times, okay? And now you beat Wisconsin and you beat yeah. Penn State somehow. You beat Indiana. Yeah, you, know, you beat Indiana on on Saturday at noon at home, and you're going well. They're going to be eight and ten in the league, eighteen and thirteen overall. They've got wins over. What Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin? I mean, they're all playoff. They're all Michigan State. They're all tournament teams. And you say to yourself, "Well, hell, maybe." I mean, they let sixty-eight teams into this thing. This isn't the college football playoff. They let sixty-eight <laughs> teams in. I mean, if they win a couple games in the Big Ten, is it nuts to say that that this thing isn't over? As many times as I've thought that it was, <laughs> that there's still a glimmer of hope. Or am I just – I mean, they would have to do something they haven't done all year, which is put together, like, you know, a five-game winning streak. Correct, yes. But it's within the realm of possibility, is it sure. not? I think it's, I think it's a within the realm of possibility. I was, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, you know, part of it is that the Big Ten and having a down year is able to make a mediocre team like Ohio State look much better when they put together a couple wins late in the year, right? Like, if this, if this right. were a good Big Ten year, first of all, they're not winning those games. But I think – Sometimes 
if you're a punching team, right? Like you got a puncher's chance and you're just like doing ridiculous, you know, coast to coast layups to beat Penn State. People don't care if you win late season games in a power conference like like the Big Ten is, even if the Big Ten's down, it's going to make you look better. So I, I think the Big Ten being down, Ohio State has a puncher's chance if they continue to win games. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're definitely, you know, NIT bound, right. but they would have to string together probably two, most likely three wins uh, in the tournament to uh really you know, like have a shot at this thing but that's possible like it's entirely within the realm of possibility that they do that um i think they've been playing better in general lately um but yeah i don't i just i don't see it happening but on the other hand i really didn't see them no. beating wisconsin or frankly beating penn state after that three I by uh, what tony carr or whatever like i was like that's it everybody turn the channel we're done and then nine seconds later i was like well that's it they won yeah it's like they won't let us quit them right I mean, they, they just and, and really, this this trait, never to this level of desperation, but this trait of slumbering through early and middle Big Ten play and then getting hot is a fad modest trait. I mean, this is yes. in his wheelhouse. He does this and has done it for a decade um, of where you start to worry in January and February about what this type of team he's got and does he have a real handle on it. And then you get to the end of February and his team's playing as good as anybody at the Big Ten. Um, look, we... It's not likely, it's not probable, um, but and, and this when it comes down to you know they're they're so far they're not even a bubble team at this point. But the big some, something that jumps out that's going to really kill them is they're one and six against the AP top twenty five. Right. So that's just going to crush it. You've got one win over the AP top twenty five. You've got some really bad losses. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time you know creating hypotheses that that get hypotheses that get them into the NCAA tournament. But I will give Thad Mata, and I'll I'll say this, the Wisconsin win is more than I I thought we would get out of this team this year. Oh, yeah. So I I tweeted after beat Wisconsin, good for Thad. Not just that they won, the way they played, the best they played all year. This is clearly the team he thought he was going to have this year. And on one night at least, they looked like what he was hoping this team would look like. Um, and so I was really happy for him because I like him a a great deal. And I was, I was really happy to see him have one night. I was happy for Buckeye basketball and say, okay, look, we're not making the tournament. We're not going to make any noise, but at the same time, at least for one night at home, we look the part. And so if if that's all we get, then out of this season, that's more than I thought we would get. If you, if you go back a month ago and ask me the question. Well, you know what? We talked about this. It seemed like Thad was kind of like out of bullets, right? Like he he had tried everything. He was just shooting blanks yeah. at a certain point. And honestly, like I think he is he has done some things where he's kind of flipped the personnel a little bit uh, going into games. And against, you know, Penn State, you, know, you look at like Mark Loving, who did not have a good game against Penn State. I mean, he led the – well, he was second in the team in points. But like his shooting was bad. He was not really kind of in the game. And a lot of times like he kind of faded for a lot of it. Uh, but he, like Thad Mata, did not stop trying to rotate guys in to get something going. And, and I think a lot of other coaches, a lot of other people maybe would have just said, all right, this is not working. This is, this personnel this year is not going to happen. But on the other hand, right. you say, all right, Wesson, we're going to give you 21 minutes against Penn State. We are going to put you in, right, for a huge part of the game, and we're going to ask you to, like, contribute and do stuff. And And granted, you know, 
that's not always going to be a formula. It's usually not going to be a formula to win. But the fact that he is still just trying stuff at this stage in the game and still has a puncher's chance of getting into the NCAA tournament, which is hilarious to say at this point, uh, that I respect <laughs> right. that. I respect the hell out of that. I think that's awesome. And I just, you know, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I really love Thad Mata. I mean, this has not been a good year. It hasn't been a good several years. But that's what you like to see out of your coach, a guy who's continually going to try to improve the team even when the team doesn't look like it can improve all that much. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I mean, now just no SIM card on my cell phone. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? What? No SIM card. I don't even know what a SIM card is. I don't either. I don't either. All right, so this is what we're... Look, we've given the people... We've we've done the best we could under adverse situations. I'm a man who believes... In, in the uh, in the in the power of something greater than me, and <laughs> and I think we gotta cut we gotta just cut bait on this thing. Yeah, like, my kids have wrecked me. Now my cell phone is wrecking me. I think we have a, a relatively entertaining short slice, and I think you should record all of this in the podcast. <laughs> Give a little taste. Like all of this should be played, and we should show our warts. Um, uh, but but look, guys, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't even. What does that mean? Have you ever heard of that? No SIM card? I just got a, my call failed. And again, we're on my cell phone because my children wrecked my microphone and my headset. So we're on my cell phone, and all of a sudden it says call failed on my cell phone. No SIM card installed. I don't even know what is, that means. Is this like is this like the uh, the birth of Norman Beale, right? Like, you know, right. a network. <laughs> is, this, is this what I'm witnessing? Is yes. this what's going on here? <laughs> That's where we're at. What was that guy's name? Is that so Norman Beale? Make... What was that dude's name in network? Howard Beale. It's been a very long time. Howard Beale. Howard. Howard Beale. Howard. Mad as yeah. hell, you're not yeah. going to take it anymore. That's exactly right. That's where I am right now. So yeah. listen, we've given the people, we got, look what we get. All right, we got a strong Shiano conversation. Yep. We got a wild hypothesis out of me on why that, why that happened. Very reasonable. I, I agree with that. Well, yeah. Reasonable theories. I like that better than, than what I said. Uh, a quick spring football. Pay attention to these guys, and we get you a little basketball. And But <laughs> listen, guys, the gods are not with us today. They're just not. That's all right. It so happens. Next week, I'll have a new microphone. We'll have a new headset. I'll have two less children and a new <laughs> cell phone. So yeah. We'll do all and, you know, that. and we'll get to your Ask Us Anythings. Um, and, yeah. you know. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it to it. It'll spring football will be awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be fun. And maybe we'll be talking about the, the cusp of an NCAA tournament. Yeah, hell yeah. And maybe That'd we'll be, be Big amazing. Ten tournament previewing. It's all in play. <laughs> better days are ahead. That's absolutely. All right. We'll do better next week, kids. God knows we can't do worse. <laughs> all right. Next week. See you, man.